Welcome please to the JVG podcast where these G's are gonna spread their seeds of knowledge about the league. It's flourishing with ease. These funny catches seem to be well read, esteemed and honest. Like the man himself, Jeff Van Gundy. They are high IQ, so cerebral and funny. So if you're on the bus, just border on the dunny. Listen to the JVG NBA Tribute Show. Hello and welcome to episode 86 of the Jeff Van Gundy NBA Tribute Show. My name is Marco, joined uh, today by Mr. Dusty himself, Lucas Petritus. How was your weekend, mate? Oh, after the weekend I've had, I am Lucas Petritus, still the co-host of the uh, Jeff Van Gundy Tribute Show. Despite the weekend. <laughs> Marco, you seen any good movies lately? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I saw this one. You, you may have heard of it. Uh, uh, it's called Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> Starring? Uh, the man himself, the Batman, of course. <laughs> was that? No. Wait, no. <laughs> I'm thinking of Bruce Willis. Um, uh, what's his face? Was the Batman? Ben Affleck was the Batman. Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recently. Yeah, yeah, he very got one, recently. He got one gig, didn't he? He got Batman versus Superman, Dawn That's of Justice. Right. It was bad. It was <laughs> average. Um, I mean, he was the right size. Um, and then this movie, the R. Pat one, was meant to have him starring in it, but he didn't like the direction of it and <laughs> quit quit the film. I think Damn. he was meant to write and direct it, and he left the project. Oh, wow. Like, imagine that. You get handed your own, like, legit your own Batman project. Yeah. <laughs> right, where you are Batman, you get to write what you do, and you get to direct everyone else on set. And you're like, nah, I'm good. God. He also did the Green Lantern, didn't he? Yeah. I think that... Or was that Ryan Reynolds? Oh no! Now yeah. I'm those I guys think that was Ryan up. Reynolds. And then who was Deadpool? Ryan Reynolds. That was definitely Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> um, what was? I don't think Ben Affleck's been in any other superhero type movies. If you yeah, know. yeah. Who was the? Who looks like Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> ben Affleck. No, no, no. I'm thinking of. Um, I could be thinking of Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> he's got. He's got one of those faces where he like looks. He looks like he should be somebody else, but he's just him. Yeah. Let me just buy time. Are you thinking? I'm thinking um, of. Oh no, no, Paul, no. Paul Rudd. I could. No, no. Is it Paul Rudd? Um, oh, what movies? He, oh, he's he's did it in like a Tonight Show slot with Will Ferrell when he's selling knives. Oh my god. Do you know the one I'm talking about? No. Okay, <laughs> Knife Guys. He does Knife Guys on Knife a, Guys, right? We're, knife Guys. We're, we're we're right off the rails. We haven't even started talking about the movie. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Ryan Gosling. So he doesn't look like Ryan Reynolds, but his name's also Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that could be why you're getting There is confused. a pointedness about the way both of them look. Yeah. But I think like every single actor we've mentioned is just like unthreatening, unthreateningly handsome uh, white guy. Yeah. Sort of like average size. Which is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you don't want uh, Rudy from Bad Friends. Said you don't want Batman to be too hot, but he can't be too ugly. Yeah. 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 That's exactly right. Yeah. Because even like Christian Bale. Um, I think like conventionally you'd have to say he'd be very attractive, but like you look at him and he's just like, he's just like this block. Mm. He's just like, he's like a piece of granite or something like mm. that. And it's like, yeah, cool. If that gets your rocks off. Um, Ba-dums. wish we had the drum set. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here we go. The Batman. I think it's, I think this, uh, I think calling like the Batman in 2022 is pretty brazen. <laughs> There's been so many Batman. Yeah, yeah. And then to just come out with a The Batman. Yeah. But I mean, no other Batman's been called The Batman. Ever? No. Oh, like, shit. Like, don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what'd you, how'd you find this one? I really liked it. Um, and I think the more I think about it, the more it discolors uh, how I feel about the Christian Bale, Christopher Nolan ones. Um, I, like, I loved the atmosphere of it. I loved the world of it. I loved how it looked. Gotham felt like this like real place with so much going on whereas in the Nolan ones it's sort of like ah, it's it's like it's Chicago or something <laughs> like who cares like there's only like six characters that matter in like the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises mm. and Batman Begins whereas this you like every every little bit just every little person feels like a real person that makes sense mm. um I love how they combined the goofy Italian stereotypes for the gangsters with like the like sort of paramilitary incel vibes for like the Riddler and his guys. Oh, wait, Batman spoilers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we should have probably, probably started probably with, that. with that. Yeah, um, but I think it's out of out of cinemas next t- day. Really? Yeah, or Pentridge at least. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um. Well, go see the fucking Batman if you haven't. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like I love I love having the actual like goofy gangster guys. Yeah. Um. 
like the penguin and uh, um, what's his face Falcone, Falcone. They were just great characters. Um, mm. uh, what I didn't like about it is I think what every superhero movie does, where it's like they like try to make a point and then they're not quite brave enough to follow <laughs> through with it. Like this whole movie was like, damn, maybe maybe Batman like just like sitting in his cave being a sook all day, like not. You know, not doing anything with his uh, multi-billion-dollar company. Maybe, maybe that's bad for society. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, it sort of toys with that idea throughout the movie. You have that uh, that scene with Catwoman where she's like, "Check your check your privilege, bro." Mm. Um, and then at the end of the movie, it's like, "Oh, but you know, he like lifted all these people out of a flood." So yeah. no, he is good actually. Yeah, like it didn't quite have that like moment of self-reflection. And like, no superhero movie can because like, you know, the only Batman movie that ends with a reflection that Batman is a bad character is one where Batman's like, all right, I'm retiring then. Yeah. You know, like I'm causing more harm than I am good. It's like at the end of Black Panther where like, you know, you're like, maybe Killmonger was right. And then they just open a school and it's like, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's like, the, that's the whole issue dealt with. Um, <laughs> but yeah, apart from that, I really liked it. And man, what a sexy, sexy lead cast. Uh, Zoe Kravitz. I'm going to hum I That's a good point I didn't think about with Gotham. They did make it seem like the city mattered. Yeah. I can't remember which Christian Bale one it was, but when they have the people on the boat, mm. I feel like that's the only time in his whole like yeah. franchise where it's like, oh, there is a city that exists mm. outside of this. I thought this was a good movie, not a great movie. I think um, Robert Pattinson, when he was Bruce Wayne, was a bit of a punts. Yeah. But I feel like when Christian Bell was Bruce Wayne, you felt like he was this like rich guy that could be Batman. Mm. When when Robert Pattinson was Batman, he was just like a sook and like a like a bit of an incel. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, that first virgin Batman, for sure. Like He's never spoken, <laughs> he's never spoken to a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Great call. Um, and then, yeah, the, 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 there were a few characters that, actually mattered in this one mm. rather than just like good guy bad guy mm. and then bad guys uh thugs uh i feel like you could have cut about half an hour off the runtime yeah i think that it was also a bit deliberate the first two hours felt like a bit like action scene okay let me get some information action scene let me get some information and i feel like that could have been a bit more dynamic Ooh, the last hour love that <laughs> the last hour excluding the last like eight minutes fucking fantastic yeah yeah uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but just they got so much done in every shot and every scene. Like, yeah, there were multiple parts moving and I feel like they could have, if they like had that idea with the first two hours, they could have condensed it to maybe an hour and a half and yeah, could have been a bit more dynamic. Yeah, but I think that's a great point because I don't think it was like a, a movie that was too long just because they were like, we need, we need to make this movie longer. Mm. I think they like drew out scenes for too long where it's like yeah. this is there was no like there's no dead weight in the movie it was just like all right this didn't have to go for 15 minutes mm. this didn't have to go for seven minutes and blah 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 um i i think i'm a strident 90 minute movie like advocate <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm sure you are too Lucas. oh my god um but I, I obviously there are times when you need to put more in a movie i think this was one of those movies where it wasn't like this didn't need to be three hours long. Yeah. But it would have been better if it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but that, you know, I, the thing, man, the thing I hate about three hour movies the most is going to the cinema and having to check when the bloody movie's finishing. Yeah. Like, there shouldn't be a showing of a movie where you get out in an uncomfortable hour. Oh, yeah. Like, you shouldn't, you should go to the movies at nine and you should be home at 11. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't want to go to the movies at nine and be like, wow, I'm not going to get out till 1230. And then I'm not going to be asleep till two because I've, I've just watched three hours of fucking Batman movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not that that happened to me, but for, you know, <laughs> for example. Uh, no Time to Die runtime was two hours 43. Oh Felt like it went, went by in a flash. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Batman, I think, was two hours fifty-six, and it, it did feel like that. Yeah. Also, No Time to Die, pretty ironic name, seeing as James Bond dies at the end. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like that that movie did a the the Bond did a very good job of just keeping every scene like concise, and then also multiple things yeah, happening yeah. at the same time. And you're right, like you you would think Bond movies are like the most formulaic, but that one was very dynamic. Yeah, you know? it wasn't just like. Exposition, action scene, exposition, action scene. Mm. It, had, it had a nice, it had a nice flow. It had nice lulls. It had nice highs. Yeah, the Riddler, unbelievable. Yeah, I think one of the best villain roles I've ever seen. The act. 
actor is so good. Yeah, Paul Dano, fucking legend. Yeah. yeah. And Sicko. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you find the Riddler? I, lo- I loved him. Oh, yeah, right. Because yeah. I thought that look he gave me was like, he was so so. He was okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think... No, wait, you finish your point. No, I just... Uh, that was a new point no. that just came to me. <laughs> I think every Batman villain just is always going to be in the shadow of Heath Ledger's Joker. Mm. Um, I'm not going to... I'm not going to talk that to death. Um, but yeah, I think like... Uh, if if you'd had him in that last scene for the whole movie, it wouldn't quite has had it wouldn't have quite the same charm. Yeah. So I think it was good having him as like this sort of you know magnetic you know enigmatic figure that you didn't really encounter until the very end, um, and also like more realistic as well. You know, uh, for the type of you know for the type of villain that he was. But yeah, that last scene in Arkham is just fantastic. Mm. It's so good and. I was I felt I felt so tense sitting there. Like I felt as tense as Batman being like, does he know who I am? Does he not know who I am? You know? Yeah, like right, you, right. you really didn't know as the audience. Yeah. yeah. Uh the way they did the tech, like that they in- included social media and mm. all of that stuff. I feel like like they were introducing that stuff in movies in like the early 2010s because that was how the world was and they did such a poor job yeah. for so long. Yeah. And then the first time I was ever like, damn, this is modern was Atlanta mm. where the way they did like Instagram and just like the way they were showing texts happening I was like okay these people fucking get it and then this movie like uh, evolved on that so hopefully this is the new normal but really really good I thought yeah. it was like yeah not cringe at all and like they incorporated social media and Twitter into Batman yeah, yeah and it was yeah. good yeah and it was believable it yeah. was like yeah um, I, lo- I love that point about Atlanta because my biggest gripe of like TV from before then is when their character opens their phone and they have like an imaginary operating system on it. Like, oh right, <laughs> like they've written, they've they've animated like not not Android, not iPhone, not mm. Samsung. It's just like some fucking <laughs> their own shit. Yeah, or like a character opens a search engine and it's called like a bagel. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Just like just have Google. That's yeah. fine. You can just have Google. You can just have iOS like yeah. come up on the screen. That's less cringe than having like fake texts mm. come up on the side of the screen. Um, and yeah, like a uh, friend of the pod, Ned, uh, Ned uh, he said after the movie, no, it wasn't Ned, it was Bo. It was friend of the pod, Bo. Sorry. <laughs> Shout out, Bo. Shout out, Bo. Um, after the movie, he's like, fuck, I actually can't remember which one of them was. <laughs> this is a massive digression. Um, but they were like, oh man, like when Batman like stabbed himself in the leg with that uh, adrenaline, like, you, like, where did he pull that from? And I was like, you don't need every piece of technology in a movie to be like, like in James Bond, like have a guy explain exactly what's going on, mm. you know? Like you kind of, I feel like this movie just more leaned into like, oh, Batman has all these cool gadgets yeah. and he doesn't need like an expository scene where he's like, ah, this is your new watch and it shoots lasers, <laughs> um, you know? Uh, and so, yeah, that all felt like m- more natural and part of the world. Whereas sometimes like in the Nolan ones, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Fuck. Like he's, his, his motorbike's got wings now. Mm. Oh, his motorbike's going to fly in the air. Like, yeah, you know? I, but that's Batman's, Ability is his gadgets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, have you ever played a game called DCUO, DC Universe Online? No. Oh my god, man! I used to thrash that game. Um, it was like, yeah, you make your own superhero, and then you either play in you play oh, in one I of know, the, I know the one. I haven't yeah, played it though. You yeah, play yeah. in one of the DC worlds, and this movie uh, reminded me of that a lot, mm. and brought back a lot of really fun memories from that. And I don't feel like any of the other Batman's really felt like that. Yeah. So, and that must be about like Gotham as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Well, nice. But great movie. Sorry, yeah. good. Oh well, nah, great yeah, movie. Yeah, you, you've been pretty glowing about. It, I yeah, saying. I think I think okay. This is my last point that makes me go to good, not great. You just got to stop with the love story element of yeah, these movies. Yeah, right. Okay. Have you seen Arrival? Yeah. Why the fuck is there a love yeah, story in yeah, Arrival? Yeah. yeah like, yeah. It, there's so much good shit in this movie, The Batman and Arrival. The, 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 the love story just takes away from it. I feel. I feel like it's really gimmicky, and it's like you've got yeah. all these awesome parts. The love story isn't adding anything. Yeah. So just get rid of it. I would counter that, yes, the love story might be superfluous, but I think having that like sexual uncomfortableness between Batman and Catwoman was really good because it showed how much of a weirdo Batman was. Like, because I think of those scenes, like those first scenes where Catwoman's flirting with him and it's like, wow, you've literally, like you have literally been a recluse since you were 12 years old. <laughs> like you actually haven't spoken to a woman your age mm. in 20 years. <laughs> like it, it came, it came off realistically like, wow, this guy is, because that's, that's the thing that was 
also good about the Christian Bale um, Batman. You know, he acts all sad and torn up, and then he takes the Moscow Ballet on a fucking super yacht the next, you know, the very next day. Like he's Wait, what? <laughs> you know that scene in the Dark Knight? I don't actually remember that. <laughs> Where as like a cover for um, for something he's doing, he like. Uh, he goes on a date with the entire like Russian ballet troupe <laughs> because Harvey Dent's like meant to be seen in that night or something like that is like a little fuck you to Harvey Dent and it's like yeah he can he's like this sick twisted guy but he's also this like completely well put together playboy during the day whereas Robert Pattinson isn't he's like a completely socially inept loner is this the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises I think it's, it's in the Dark Knight yeah damn I think I want to watch them again actually yeah I really I, I really want to watch the Dark Knight again Nice. Well, should we get onto the basketball? Yeah, yeah, I guess we should. Um, well, uh, speaking of uh, <laughs> big encounters by old-time foes, I was going to say haven't met in a while. Speaking of the uh, oh, the Joker, baby. Speaking of the Joker's enemy, Embiid <laughs> yeah. and Jokic. Um, yeah. So it was their first matchup in what was it? Three years? Four years? Oh, damn! So Embiid's been injured. Uh, for every Denver... Convenient. Um, <laughs> Duckin. Uh, every Denver Sixers game for... I think it's about the last three seasons. Damn. So their last like game that. must have been that um, NBA on TNT when... You know, we've all seen that YouTube video, has intensity between big men in the league decreased. Yeah, yeah, That yeah, must yeah, have been yeah. their last game. Wow. wow and it did not massive. last last night. Yeah. Or that, that game yesterday. Yeah. My God, what a what a fantastic game! What was your takeaway from it? Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. It was just, I like that's that's got to be that's gonna be the funnest matchup to watch. Mm, um, definitely, in terms of just like how dominant those two players are. Um, I think Embiid Embiid just really started showing out at the beginning. Um, but the thing I the thing I loved about Jokic in this game, and I think I've loved about Jokic all season, is his intensity on D. Which mm. I feel like has been not lacking, but like not evident that he's like putting an effort on defense. He was huffing and puffing like, <laughs> to keep up with Embiid. I mean that in a good way, like because obviously you know these guys are like they're not the same athletically. Mm. Um, you know, like Jokic is never going to be like the athlete that Embiid is, but to keep up with him for you know thirty four minutes uh, is just like so impressive in, on itself like going up against this guy on every offensive imp- possession and then defending him on every d- defensive possession yeah. um was just like uh so so i think like if there's anyone who still thinks Jokic isn't a good defender that's <laughs> that's like that's that's done and dusted yeah <laughs> from that matchup um i i think the like both of those teams are just so set like the Philly offense looked just so so good. The I feel like the only thing it's going to rely on is like Harden hitting his shots. Yeah. Um. And that Denver team is just so much better, like outside of Jokic, than I think a lot of people give them credit for. Like hmm. there is just so many solid role players there. The way that Bones balled out as yeah. well. Um. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think that Denver just they had. They had their legs a bit more. Like uh, the 76ers coming off that <laughs> fucking OT game against, True. against the Magic, um, and Jokic Jokic just pulled pulled the Magic out of his hat time time and time again. Mm. Um, and I think so. For me, it was like an awesome matchup. So much fun to watch. He got the best out of both players. But in terms of the result, I wouldn't read too much into it. Okay, that's a good point. Uh, I actually I actually think the Nuggets around Jokic are really really bad, mm. and I haven't seen this. Um, since like first time LeBron was in Cleveland, where you can just see he's making them better, yeah, and he's yeah, putting yeah, yeah. the players Definitely. around him in a, in positions that make them seem re- like they're really good, and just just raising the floor of the players around them. Uh, and it looked like uh, Jokic was was like someone's big brother coming into play and just like doing everything for the team. But yeah, the players around him did play really well. I thought it was crazy how quickly the Nuggets cut into the mm. Sixers' lead because mm. they had the Nuggets had the lead early in the third quarter after being down like twenty at one yeah, stage, yeah. 
Um, and this didn't feel like Embiid versus Jokic. It felt like two really good teams yeah. where the best player was on one was Embiid and the best player on the other team was Jokic. And they were fighting for their teams rather than getting into this mm-hmm. one-on-one matchup. Um, I think that Embiid's the MVP this year. I think that that narrative is kind of closed. But I think Jokic is a league above him. Yeah, a league above him. Yeah, I think that Jokic is the best player in the league. I think... Um, and we're going to get this... Like, these guys in their primes against each other for the next five years, yeah. which is going to be just awesome. Um, but I think uh, I think Jokic is the best player in the league right now, and I think he's a league above Embiid for sure. I'm so glad you brought this up. Because <laughs> I... I Yeah, I, I get what you're saying with the Embiid's going to win the MVP, but I'm really... I'm putting I'm putting my money on Jokic. Just, Damn. Just on, I think, the... Like I, like I said a few, maybe it was probably last week. Like he has just taken that extra step up like time and time and time again. Yeah. The last two seasons, it feels like he's been getting every 10 games, he's gotten better. <laughs> like, yeah. He's gone from, oh, this guy's like MVP caliber and then that's 16 times over. Yeah. Um, so I think when you, when you think about like the players who really, uh, I don't know, game breakers at the moment, the guys who just like completely dominate NBA games, um, MB is obviously up there because and like you saw that even in the fourth when they were chasing and they, I think they just ran out of steam and weren't hitting their shots he was just like he he was really doing whatever he wanted with the Jokic like yeah. uh, I think he hit like three back to back to back uh, like uh, free throw line jumpers where like Jokic just sagged off him for like a second mm. thinking he was going to drive and it was just like you know back of the rim back of the rim back of the rim um and I think, yeah, someone who just has that sort of offensive bag is in one way unstoppable. Thinking Basketball had a really good episode uh, recently on Luka Doncic and just like when he runs the pick and roll that you can't make the right decision as a defender. Yeah. Like there is no right thing you can do because there are like 12 different wrinkles that he can pull out that end with him getting a bucket or his teammate getting a three or the big man getting like a dunk. Mm. Yet, I think Jokic breaks the game even more than that because it's not like it's not like you can even make a decision with Jokic. He's making all of the decisions yeah. in that sort of LeBron James way, where like he's completely dictating what the defense does. He's completely dictating what his entire offense does as yeah. well. Like they all have to be where he wants them to be, mm. and then he just pulls shit out that no other <laughs> player in the league does. Like you don't see anyone hit those circus shots that Jokic does I know that the one he hit against Philly was a complete fucking fluke when he was going to foul and beat out yeah Yeah. yeah. but nobody else does that like he does it Um, and I think when Jokic is in like a dire situation like it's late in the shot clock and you think he can't do anything he just pulls out another bag he pulls another trick out of his bag and gets like the shot that he wants Um, I don't think anyone else in the league can do that. And yeah, I agree. I think he's the best player in the league. Yeah. And I think that that, uh, with the MVP discussion, that's where the LeBron comparison like continues, where it's like accepted that LeBron is the best player in the league, but he's never going to be the MVP. Yeah. And I feel like Jokic is different because LeBron had won four and then we were like, okay, let's get some narratives, some different (laughs) narratives going. I think Jokic is just like, yeah, I'll rock up and get, you know, 60 against... Gobert because you can't defend but then like against MB that's not what I'm need. I'm ne- I need to get the rest of the team involved yeah exactly and I can't just feast on this guy um, and like he had <clears throat> I think this is a re- this this is a great game for everyone to watch to learn about basketball because head to head Jokic had 22 points and beat had 34 but you have to come out of that game knowing that Jokic played better yeah, yeah like yeah. there's I don't see a world in which you can see that Embiid had a better game than Jokic mm. yeah 100% um, and I think like with the LeBron comparison as well, like, yeah, he won four and then later in his, you know, probably since Miami, LeBron is known when to like put, put, put the pedal on the brakes a bit. Like he knows, he knows when he can kind of slow down. Um, whereas I don't think Jokic, I think Jokic is years away from that part of his career. Right. Like, especially like, obviously the last two seasons, he's had to completely carry his squad, mm. um, because of injuries. But like, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's gonna hit that level where he's like, oh, cool, I can, I can kind of coast some games. Like, I think every every time he 
gets out and I think it's overlooked again because of his lack of athleticism he's trying so hard on every <laughs> single possession yeah like he's not just he's not like ah, I'll just settle for this you know I'll just yeah. settle for this shot he's looking for like the best offensive outcome every time he goes down the floor and then he's again huffing and puffing on defense hey at what you Donye do you like hearing the down low on all your NBA and basketball content? Hey, at Will Conkin on Instagram and Twitter. Don't you mean the lowdown on NBA and basketball content? No, I mean the down low, because that's our show. The down low, where we give you the lowdown on everything NBA. Check out the down low NBA on all your podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple, or even Google Podcasts. Google has podcasts? Yeah, I didn't even know that either, but... Now you know, so go and get it in your ears. Well, speaking of mano y mano <laughs> and huffing and puffing, are you pro-vax or are you pro-COVID? Cat <laughs> <laughs> and Kyrie, back-to-back nights, 60 points each. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like. I didn't want to laugh, but it, it felt so wrong to me that Cat had... 60 points in 36 minutes and then the very next day Kyrie had 60 points in 35 minutes <laughs> because I was like I was absolutely over the moon about Kat like two years to the day of his parents being admitted to a hospital with COVID and he does that oh wow I come, didn't know that he comes out uh, obviously sets his personal record has his franchise record it's the most points this season mm. um, and just like in incredible fashion as well like draining threes yeah so so fucking efficient and then that bastard Kyrie (laughs) just like just it just feels disrespectful for some reason I can't put my finger on it it feels deliberate (laughs) yeah exactly uh yeah with cats I found it weird I found it interesting he's 60 because I didn't expect him to get to the rim so much. Yeah. And like, but in the way he was like, he was just putting the ball on the floor and like getting layups and stuff. Yeah. And it just seemed so random to see a footer do that. Mm. Uh, and I feel like every time I've watched Cat, he gets some of his points in the mid post and then he always gets a couple of threes. Um, and when he does drive, it's, I feel like it's from the post, but I feel like this was from like the wing and the yeah, top of the key. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's just crazy that, like, that that's in his game. Uh, like, if he develops that even more, he could probably take, like, forwards off the dribble. Because if he can get a forward to the ring, he'll just be able to score over them. Yeah. Um, and I'm really coming around on Cat this season, I feel. Mm, mm. Uh, not defensively, but that's okay. He's dropping 60 points. I don't think you really have to worry about <laughs> yeah, the D. Yeah. Kyrie's game was fucking ridiculous. Mm, mm. Uh, that first quarter of his, he was... I, I think Kyrie took, like, one open shot. Mm. In his 60. Um, but yeah, the threes he was hitting in the first quarter, he hit two off the dribble, and then one, he got the ball in the corner. Someone passed it like to his face, and he didn't even bring the ball down. He just shot it straight away. Uh, and I, I just think, I think, I think I've, I'm pro COVID on this one. I think that Kyrie's <laughs> was more impressive. Yeah, right, okay. Um, even though it was against the Orlando Magic. <laughs> Yeah, well, Cats was against the Spurs. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. That's what happens when you play against the Spurs or the Magic. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Pops just won his... <laughs> oh, he broke the record? 1,336 games, so he doesn't need to win it. He doesn't nah, need he needs to win, to win one more. Yeah, we know, we know that, but he doesn't know that. He needs to get to elite everyone. Um, well, I th- it's interesting what you're saying about Kyrie like, being so contested for this as well, because I feel like very since he's been in Brooklyn, he's really hammered out this like good shot taker. Like, mm. he, t- he takes really good shots, and he's super yeah. efficient, and, like, um, he's not at 50-40-90 this season, but, like, he has maintained this, like, great efficiency, and he just, he looks he looks so smart with his shot selection mm. um, ever since he's been in Brooklyn. As, I mean, obviously, especially playing with Kevin Durant, like, you get lots of good looks, um, which is why, for me, that's why it's like, wow, was he really forcing this 60 yeah, um, I mean, it's definitely, definitely not because hey, the the COVID guy dropped sixty nine before, but obviously he's been trying to make he's been trying to make a statement like these last, you know, since probably since KD came back, um, and he's had a bit more freedom to be to be like, okay, look, I'm not the problem on this team because if I can drop sixty, then it doesn't matter if I'm only showing up for 41, yeah. 41 games a season or half of the playoffs, um, but that. I'm, I'm not trying to criticize him because uh, it was sick. Yeah. Like, it was a really good game. Yeah. Um, 
on Kyrie's week, Kyrie's week, he's had a 60-point game and a 50-point game. And that's been on 50 shots, mm. which is... Uh, wow. 2.2 points per field oh goal attempted, which is more than a basket per basket. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That's so ridiculous. Um, yeah, I thought that. I thought that. Uh, well, actually, Johnny texted me as <laughs> I have to mention it. Um, Johnny texted me. I said we were about to start recording. On, we were talking about how we both had a cat, cat had a Karen moment in our past weeks, um, and I said, "Sorry, I got to record." And then a couple minutes later, Johnny said. Kyrie easily top five most talented basketball players of all time. And I don't have a list in front of me, but he's definitely one of the most talented basketball players yeah. of all time. Yeah. And it's talent. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Like it's, it's Key handles words. and it's just being an excellent shooter and an excellent finisher. Um, and, and it's like not much more than that. You know? Yeah. Like he, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, yeah. So Kyrie 60 did feel like cat 60 was like, I'm just going to go through you. I'm going to take the shots that are, that are given to me. Kyrie's 60 was like, there's nothing you're going to be able to do about what I'm doing to you guys yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you 60. We're going to win by 40. And you're going to remain the Orlando tragic. <laughs> uh, and I think that this is this is massive for the Nets going into the playoffs. Mm. Um, but before you said it was like, I don't want to see myself as the issue here. Do you reckon this is like, um, this is like in Kyrie's... Uh, you know, in his approach. Is this KD driven or is this Harden driven more, do you feel? I think it's I think it's Harden driven more. Because I think so what I found really interesting this week as well is um after one of their wins the after the win against the Knicks, which Kyrie didn't play in, when KD also had fifty points to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean I've got I got a I've got a very brief list of how many enormous games there've been in the last four days um, <laughs> that I will read out later. Uh, but he was basically like, you know, I'm gonna completely paraphrase here, like the the mayor is Cout, the, the mayor is clout chasing by, by keeping by keeping this vaccine mandate on Kyrie. You know? <laughs> like like if he's allowed in the stands, like why why does it mm. matter? And then you know the the mayor clapped back, being like, um, hundreds of thousands of people died in this country. Like I'm I'm not going to make an exception. Mm. Completely fair. But anyway, my point is that to me was like KD is fully committed to having Kyrie in mm. Brooklyn. Like I think. Uh, from from like those reports that came out after the trade, like Harden was like the only player, um, the only player frustrated with the Kyrie situation. Yeah, <laughs> the only person in the Brooklyn Nets organization who was like, this Kyrie guy should just get the shot. Yeah. Um. So I think I think KD has just always been so fine with what's going on with Kyrie. Mm. Um. So I yeah I think this was more like, you know, because every other day you see oh Kyrie's only eligible for the la- for the next the last like six of, of the next 15 games for the Brooklyn Nets or whatever. Yeah. Like that number's always just like flipping and changing and stuff mm. like that. And so, yeah, I feel like he just wants to sort of put a stamp on that. Mm. If that makes sense. It gets lower every time he plays. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he makes the most of every single game. Also, that reminded me, I was going to make a joke. Carry 110 points on 50 shots. Like, let's make that 52 shots. <laughs> <laughs> um, take us through these these high scoring games over the past Alrighty. 96 hours. Um, well, obviously, yeah, we had... um. We had Kyrie, yes, Kyrie today with sixty. The day before we had um, uh, Carl Anthony Towns with uh, his sixty and seventeen. We had Steph Curry on his birthday wait, wait, wait. with forty-seven. Steph last. Oh, sorry, we didn't. I was talking about that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had Trey Young with forty-six points um, and twelve assists. Damn. Um, there was Kevin Durant with uh, fifty-three points against the New York Knicks. Fucking hell. Trey Young, the day before that, so in back a back to back, he had forty seven points. Damn, he had forty seven and forty six back to back. I didn't even pick that up. <laughs> um, Jordan Clarkson had forty five points for the Utah Jazz. Damn, I missed all of this. That. Josh Hart had forty four. <gasps> no, <laughs> yes, in oh win, over, in like win over Washington. Um, Damn, I missed that. Oh no, I, I did. I did catch that the, the Blazers yeah. had beat us. De'Aaron Fox had forty one in a loss to the Jazz. 
Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, the day before that, LeBron James had uh, 50, 50 points in uh, win against the Washington Wizards. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Fuck. Gary, yeah, Gary Trent Jr. dropped 42 in a win against Phoenix. Nuts. That's bonkers. What <laughs> do you reckon is happening? four days, and there are more. Like, I can <laughs> keep going back. I always used to feel like the first week of the NBA season, every superstar had a massive yeah, game. Yeah, But But I feel like that's changed. Yeah. Because post-All-Star break, it's like everyone goes through their lull, whatever. But this season is completely different. I, You know, I, I haven't seen that many NBA seasons, but this is the first time I've seen, <laughs> I've seen anything like this. Yeah, yeah. I feel like this 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 crazy stuff... Yeah. Like maybe the last week you'll have a you'll have a Gary Trent forty point game, yeah, yeah. but not 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 now. Not when there's like still meaningful <laughs> basketball to play. Yeah, and like before we spoke last week, we had one day that had a LeBron and a Tatum fifty point game, and mm. Jokic had a thirty three point quarter in overtime. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and not to even mention Cat uh, had thirty two or thirty four in the third quarter, yeah, which is yeah. the second highest scoring quarter ever. Nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Second to who? <laughs> Mr. Thompson. Yeah. Who's he play for? Mr. Thompson. <laughs> Thedeepchew.com is your one-stop shop for everything NBA related. Want weekly in-depth articles tackling some of the NBA's biggest issues and juiciest storylines? We've got you covered. Want a podcast that brings a fresh perspective to the league's current events? We've got you covered. We're like the ringer, only less problematic. So for anything and everything NBA, head to thedeepchew.com and yes, it really is that simple. You may have heard my uh, guffaw before, <laughs> but um, Steph Curry on his 34th birthday mm. uh, dropped 47 points. Um, One in, for every year. In, in a, wiz- a win against the Washington Wizards. Can, can I also just mention that three of these scores that I've mentioned have been in wins against the Washington Wizards? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We have copped it. And we'll leave it at that. Um, uh, <laughs> Steph Curry, 34. He had 47 points on his 34th birthday. 41 of those points came in the 15 minutes that he was sharing the floor with Draymond Green. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which means he had six points in 35 minutes. Yeah, bum. What a loser. 25 <laughs> minutes, sorry. <laughs> uh, 30, he's 34. He, he, that's, that, that feels wrong. I feel like he's like 32, yeah. turning 33 in the off-season vibes. Um, uh, Ned, again, shout out Ned, was... Oh, maybe it was both. <laughs> no, it was definitely Ned. Was convinced Draymond Green was the oldest member of the trio of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Mm. Um, and Draymond Green, but he's in fact the youngest by a month. <laughs> oh damn! And Curry's the oldest. Curry's the oldest, yeah. Yeah, uh, man. Draymond makes the game so easy for the Warriors, and I feel like they're the perfect case. St- <clears throat> Whoa, sorry. <laughs> I feel like they're the perfect case study for why fit is important. Mm. Because imagine any like just that. Let's take that trio. If they didn't have each other. What would they look like? Like, what? How would Steph get his buckets if it wasn't for Draymond? How would Clay get his buckets if it wasn't for Draymond? How would you hide Draymond if it wasn't for Steph and Clay on <laughs> yeah, offense? Yeah. Um, and like they're like they've just brought so much out of each other, and the coaching there has been incredible. And like just because of the fit, oh not mainly because of the fit. That's the best basketball I've ever seen. Yeah. That like the Warriors, even still, they might still have another year, and I actually think they do. Listen to the last deep two. They thought uh, Sean Nuggets fan said that this was going to be their last run at the chip. I actually think next year they have a better chance than they do this yeah. year. No, a hundred percent. Because I mean, again, you can't read too too much into one game. Uh, but it, Draymond just did not look phased by you know having all of that time off. Like he got straight back into it. And yeah, and just in that completely, it's not even intangible. It's so tangible. Yeah, you, you see him on the basketball court. And you're like, oh wow, like. This is so easy for everyone else now, now that he's here. Um, I think to go back to that fit before I talk about Draymond, like when Clay had 30-something the other day, that was, I think Steph only took seven shots Mm. and he was just like creating all this room for Clay. And so I think, you know, you're talking about how Steph and Clay fit with Draymond, but I think it's like... There's a there's a tendon between every player there mm. because like Clay wouldn't be the player he is without Steph either. Mm. Um, because you know if you have Draymond just like this unreal initiator, you have Steph, the greatest shooter of all time. Clay is just going to get left open from time to time. Like yeah. it's, it's just going to happen naturally, and that's how he's thrived. You know, just as the most insane catch and shoot <laughs> player player who's ever played basketball. Yeah. Um, but back to Draymond. Yeah, I think. 
like the Warriors, they didn't have, they had, didn't really have a playmaker, you know, like mm. Steph Curry, I was like technically the best playmaker on the Warriors for that yep. period of time, you know, like Clay, Clay's always going to shoot. Jordan Poole, you know, we know, we know that he is not like, he's not an elite passer. He's not an elite creator. He's like excellent, excellent sixth, sixth man. And like, he can run the offense when like everyone else is sitting for sure. Um, but there was no one else on that team who could just like initiate for the Warriors <clears throat> and yeah of course when your one initiator comes back and he happens to be like one of the best like the best fit as you said but also the best in that role that he has then yeah you are just naturally going to become a better offensive team um, and it's just insane that their defense is also going to get is also going to get a bump from this as it's well. going to get better yeah for sure their D is going to get better uh it's crazy to me how good the Warriors' offense is when you think about the weapons they have. Mm. They've got Steph, Clay, and Jordan Poole. Like, those are their options that they can go to. They've got people that can space out the floor, but there's no one else you'd run a play for. Yeah. Like, yeah, to, get yeah. a sh- to get a shot for. Mm. And, like... Maybe Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> oh, yeah, Wiggins. I did forget <laughs> about him. Um, yeah, I feel like Wiggins. But I feel like he also benefits from the breakdown of, of the D. Yeah, exactly. But, no, definitely you'd run a play for Wiggins. Yeah, and, I mean, it's it's... That, I, I really like watching Wiggins on the Warriors because, like, it's not like you get an open three for Wiggins. It's like you get him, you get him, like, uh, you know, you get him on the low block with, like, a good matchup mm. or something like that. Um, or, you know, like, he's, 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 got, he's got a very nice post game as well. And it's like mm. no one else in the Warriors really has, offers, offers that mm. um, as a skill set. Um, but, yeah, you're completely right. Yeah, and the defensive boost from Draymond is going to be crazy. Yeah. It was like, with conditioning, it would be even crazier. Uh, the Steph-Dre combo is so weird. And it's so <laughs> wonderful and lovely. Like, you got this six foot seven center point guard, and then this six foot three shooting guard, greatest player of all time, <laughs> hybrid. And then, that, uh, that is in jest, everyone relax. <laughs> but, like, just, they oh, couldn't be more you. different. Like, the guy that's so much better at basketball gets bullied by the guy that can't shoot. <laughs> like, Draymond is just barking at everyone the whole yeah, time. And he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he has, like, four skills. <laughs> and he's absolutely the best at all of them. Like, he's as good as he can be at all of them. And then he brings, like, go back to the intangibles. He brings some intangible stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But, like... I love I love the blend and that Steph and Clay and Steve Kerr are okay to just get yelled at by this guy who is by, like easily the least talented player on that <laughs> yeah, roster, yeah. and and that's like that's part of the success. Yeah, is it like they know that Draymond knows basketball and they mm. know that he sees the court and that you need to give him that so that he does like bring all that ev- that energy defensively, all that playmaking, all those smarts. Like when he came on the court. They went straight to the low post split. Steph Curry got an open three. Next play down, same play. Uh, he passed it to Kevin Looney, who got fouled. Um, and then I think from the inbounds play, they got another Steph three. Yeah, yeah. Next play down, I think they made it. Uh, Draymond made a three. Yeah. That's nine <laughs> points on three possessions. Like, and I mean, it's against us, and we, we were weighing over our heads. <laughs> um, but still, like, that's that's a, that's the best case scenario. Nine points on three possessions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting when you say, yeah, Dre as the least talented player, um, but, you know, the leader, the, the instructor of that team, if you will, the, the, the gym teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we've, we've spoken about before, like, how good it must be as a rookie or a young player being around Draymond. Like, this guy who, he's not going to show you how to play basketball, but he's going to tell you. Like, mm. like, you know, it's not like... Um, you know, it's not like being a young guy around Kobe and he's like, oh, cool, I'm going to show you like my how to do my turnaround jumper yeah. or anything like that. It's like, no, I'm just going to tell you what to do yeah. for your entire season. And if you do that, you'll be a better basketball, <laughs> yeah. basketball player. Um, and, oh, man. Ooh, that's the thing. That's, I think the great thing about this Warriors team and Draymond coming back shows this is there's so little ego. Like, mm. Steph just has like no ego. Like, he was, mm. he was three points from 50 and he let... Steve Kerr sit him because KCP made a joke. <laughs> Did you see that? Wait, what? Oh my no, God. I, I honestly, we lost that game very early, so I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So, late in the fourth, Steph's sitting on 47 points and Steve Kerr's like making a making a substitution and Steph's staying on and KCP like grabs him like, no, 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 take him off, take him off, take him off. And they're like laughing about it and then Steve Kerr, 
Five seconds later. Oh, actually, no, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's sitting on 47 points. Like, Damn. he could have, there was like four minutes to play or something. It, obviously, oh the game God. was over, but like, he could have gotten that three. Mm. But like, Steph's never been interested in like breaking, the, you know. Yeah. He'll, he'll sit the entire fourth quarter when he's like on a like record pace. Yeah. He's on a record scoring pace. Um, and I think that's part of what makes him such a good fit with Draymond because he's like, I know Draymond's going to put me in the best spot possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did Harden move to three all time this past week as well on threes? I think so. I, we haven't talked about oh my that. God. But this definitely comes to that thing I was saying, like Steph won't be the leading three-point made guy in 10 years time or whatever, mm. 20 years time. Because, yeah, Harden is third in three-pointers made and 261st on efficiency <laughs> on, on three-point percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's just threes to get up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just feels, it feels like that, that, that third place for Harden definitely snuck up on us. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Did you know James Harden's played 70 more games than Steph Curry? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. They were the same draft, weren't they? Yeah. 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 And Steph's, Steph had heaps of injuries yeah. early on. Yeah. But that's like for him to have the lead on him that he has now. Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> it's quite it's quite crazy yeah and i think you're right like he's not going to keep that record although on the other hand he could man i've been i've since partially since listening to the last deep two episode and partially just in my own brain um i've been thinking of what like the warriors will look like in six years Mm. and like steph's gonna be there he's gonna Mm. be he's gonna be sitting like 34 35 feet out just like stretching (laughs) stretching the defense Mm. and just like catch and shooting five six times a game mm. and that's like all he's going to be doing yeah for like 24 minutes a night. <laughs> yeah oh, i was gonna say what do you reckon he'd be like second guy off the bench yeah yeah damn <laughs> see that's the that's that's so good because i feel like yeah steph draymond and clay are happy to be like 42 yeah and just be like yeah um eighth ninth and tenth players <laughs> in the rotation i reckon draymond I, I, I do I do think Draymond is eventually going to age out of his game. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but maybe he'll like Udonis Haslam it, um, mm. like just be there on the roster. Um, but like Clay and Steph could just they can just sit in the corner. Yeah, um, and it's so threatening. Um, and it's especially like you know if if like if Wiseman Kaminga Moody I'm not very hot on, but like if those two like pan out as you know. Um, really good starters then like it could just they could just flip it so quickly you know like uh it wouldn't take much for it to be like okay steph he can't run around screens he can't cut like he used to um we're gonna have to like you know his contract's up he's gonna sign like he's happy to sign a vet min with us so he can retire here Mm. it's not gonna take long for that team to be a good basketball team yeah (laughs) but even if moody doesn't like even if he becomes an average nba player let's compare it to like denny Mm. If Denny en- ends up being an average NBA player, Denny's doing it on a team where he's learning from Beal mm. versus Moody's doing it on a team where he's learning from Steph and Draymond. Yeah. And even if they're both average, Moody will be at least average every night, whereas Denny might have bad games. Yeah. Because, you know, building good habits and stuff. And just yeah. like the experience that you're around and just the success that you're around, that has to, that has to, that definitely counts for something. Yeah. And you're right. Like, um, at times over the last 20, 30 games, like they're having Kaminga as like the play initiator off the bench. Mm. And it's like, you know, he's super skilled. Um, and it's just like, do you then go, okay, Draymond, just mentor this guy. Like as, as you age out of the game, just mentor this guy to be like you, but maybe can actually shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you reckon, do, how long does Steve Kerr stay coach of the Warriors for? Oh, I think that he has a massive role to play in this. I feel like there's a lot of Steve Kerr hate because it's like, oh, look at all the talent he had. Blah, blah, blah. Shut up. Look at the talent Mark Jackson had. <laughs> look at the talent. Like, it's it's the fitness of Steve Kerr to know, okay, so these guys are so good that I actually need to do less. Mm. And um, I don't I can't think of another coach right now, but if like you just got a coach that was like really good at like play calling and stuff. Yeah then that wouldn't work at the Warriors. You need the personalities to come out. Like, that's what they've run on. They've run on vibe for most of this time. Yeah. And they've got a coach smart enough to know that that's what they need. Yeah. But it's not even that. I think you're completely right. Like, it is coachless. 
but it's also like he has just so famously made some of the greatest adjustments of all time yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like I, don't, I don't think Draymond as great as Draymond is I don't think Draymond went you know what I think I have to play center man like, <laughs> I, think, I think I have to close out games as the center or you know I don't think Iggy went like you need to put me on LeBron man <laughs> like, yeah I think he like saw what was like obviously he had this great talent pool and it is one of those like stars alliance moments this Warriors franchise like those four those three players and Steve Kerr is like how often does that ever fucking happen yeah but he also just used it to the in the best way possible we we see teams with amazing talent with people who don't know how to use that talent yeah. all the fucking time oh definitely yeah um and like yeah uh, when he got there he was like Iggy you're gonna need to move to the bench and then to go to the ego thing Iggy yeah. was like yeah that makes sense like let's do that yeah. yeah and then it was like yeah Iggy got his first start in the finals that season nuts. whatever <laughs> ridiculous so nuts let's go Warriors <laughs> um yeah I mean it, he he could he could just he could just be there as long as he wants I feel like like mm. it, it would take it would take a lot of bad years for them to be like all right Steve like, yeah maybe it's time for you to move on yeah, definitely. But then he could... Yeah, I think he's got a job for, for as long as he wants. Oh, yeah. 100%. Alrighty. Yeah. Got anything else you wanted to add? No, shout out. Shout out us. <laughs> shout, shout out us. I met two people named Zeph on the weekend. Ah, really? Was one of them Zeph? <laughs> <laughs> two of them were. <laughs> Is it uh, Zeph who listens to the podcast? And um... I was definitely Zeph a basketball fan. Is it Ollie's, Ollie's mate? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, how many fucking zips are there? <laughs> I, think are they be? I think he's bought a cap and I've never delivered it to him. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Damn. So, Zeph, th- if you're listening to this, let's tee that up, buddy. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. Well, Who, who was the other Zeph? <laughs> another guy named Zeph, whose name, his first name was Lucas. Um, his first name was Lucas. Yeah, and his middle name was Zephyr. So he goes by Zeph. Lucas Zephyr. Fuck, that's a sick name. In the space, and then last name was something else. But <laughs> but in the space of 24 hours, I, ne- I met two people named yeah, Zeph. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Especially when one of them isn't actually named Zeph as well. That's even crazier. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, definitely haven't given Zeph his hat, so uh, hit me up, buddy. Shout out, Zephs. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the JVG NBA TV show. Hosted by Marco Holden Jeffrey and Lucas Petridis. Our theme song is written and performed by Pascal Ducat. Production by Mock Follow us on Instagram at JVG NBA Tribute Show and on Twitter at JVG NBA for more NBA content. The JVG NBA Tribute Show. New episodes every Wednesday at 7am.